You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 327, Where Do I Start in Becoming an Author, Part 2. So last week we started this series, um, probably going to go one more week, just talking about how you can get started in writing a book. You know, studies show that most people, at least in America, you know, some studies are as high as 80% of people that you talk to believe that they could write a book or that they have a story worth telling. And, and I believe that's true. Most people do have a story worth telling, but the reality is a very small percentage of those are going to follow through and get it done. But I'm getting ready to release my, I think it's my 15th book. Uh, my, I did seven nonfiction. This is a, this is, might be my eighth novel getting ready to come out. And whenever I get to that point when I'm getting ready to release it and I start talking about it, I start getting a lot of questions, a lot of feedback, a lot of interaction of people wanting to know how can I get started? I mean, obviously, you know, Dave, you're not the brightest fellow in the world. You can do it. And that's not that's not what they're saying. But, you know, you kind of you get what I'm saying. I'm just a regular guy, and I've written some books. And, um, you know, I think the feeling is that um, they could do it too. But, you know, where do you start? So last week we talked about um, writing a novel. How do you write, you know, that perfect novel? Or even not the perfect novel, just how do you write your novel, that story? And so... Um, if you're interested in telling a story and, and writing fiction, and um, and I talk to people all the time. I talked to somebody just recently, last week, who um, you know had this story, you know this great idea, kind of historical fiction, and it sounds fascinating, but they haven't taken any steps to bring it to pass. So, um, so we talked about that today. I want to talk a bit about our memoirs. How do you tell your story? How do you write your Memoirs. And before we go any further, I want to let you know this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my memoirs. Actually, there's two volumes, Street Cop and Street Cop 2 Reloaded. Now, these are first-person, true stories from my law enforcement career. I don't tell anybody else's stories. These are all my stories as they happened. I changed the names to protect the innocent and the guilty and um, cleaned up the language a little bit, but that's about it. It's... Uh, it, this is pretty much the unvarnished way that these things happen. And so after a 30-year career in law enforcement, um, you, uh, you, you know, you've got some stories to tell. And uh, so anyway, check out Street Cop and Street Cop 2 Reloaded. Uh, you can read the first you know, chapter or two for free on Amazon, get an idea if you'd like it, but then click buy because I know you'll enjoy them. They make great gifts. And um, I think they provide a, a good example on what memoirs look like. And I think there's a difference between memoirs and autobiography. Um, I'll give you another example. Uh, one of the classics of American literature is Grant's memoirs. Uh, General Ulysses S. Grant, uh, federal 
um, general in the, the Civil War who is credited with being the general who eventually won the war. Now, his memoirs don't really give you everything about his early life. You get a little bit. Um, you know, you, you find out a little bit about his childhood. You find out a little bit about his um, career at West Point, but that's very, very brief. You hear a good bit about his time in the Mexican War, but he focuses, and this is, um, I think you can probably get a one-volume set, but they they also have a, have a three-volume set, but he focuses most of his time and energy in these memoirs in his time in the Civil War because that's what people were interested in when he wrote it in the late 1800s before he died of cancer. And it's it's an absolute classic. It, it's a fantastic read, especially if you like history, if you like Civil War history. It's a great, great story, great insight. But the difference is, is he focuses primarily on the Civil War. Like I said, you get a little bit of um, info on, on his early life, but most of it's on the Civil War. An autobiography tends to focus on a person's entire life, what shaped them, how they um, grew up. You find out about their family and, you know, these types of things. And so um, it's not that one's right or wrong or good or bad. Um, what I did with uh, with my, my memoirs, my two street cop books, was I wanted to tell people about my life in law enforcement. I wasn't telling them about my background. I didn't spend any time talking about my upbringing or anything like that. I wanted to share some true life stories about my life in law enforcement as a police officer and share some stories that I think would resonate with people. The other reason I wrote this was because um, when I wrote these two books, as I was approaching my retirement, I realized that my family really had a limited a limited idea of what I'd done at work because I didn't talk about it. So I started writing these stories down, ended up publishing two volumes. So again, check it out. It'll give you a good idea. But, but let's talk about writing our memoirs. How do you tell your story? And so I want to kind of start off with one of the questions we dealt with last week. Who is your audience? Who are you writing to? And remember, the answer, everybody, is not an acceptable answer because everybody is not interested in your story. But there are people who are interested in your story, and that is your audience. Who is that audience? Now, as I said, when I started writing my memoirs, when I started writing Street Cop, I was writing for my family. That was my intended audience. Now, obviously, they got published, and um, they've actually sold quite well, but... My, my audience in my mind as I was writing these books was for my family to tell them kind of some of the stuff that I'd done. So who is your audience? Who are you writing to? <clears throat> Second question we ask is, how many similar books have you read? So if you're wanting to write your memoirs or if you want to write an autobiography, um, how many of these have you read? Because it's important that we, we, we know the style, that we know how people... Uh, write these types of things. It'll give you some great ideas in putting your own story together. And one of the questions I get is, you know, would anybody really want to read my story? And I think that's something that each individual is going to have to sort out. But I think it comes down to um, what makes your story unique. And obviously, we all have unique stories, but really, what's going to make it unique enough that somebody's going to want to maybe throw down a few dollars and buy a copy of your book? Now, if you've 
uh, if you're a police officer, fireman, um, you know, obviously people are interested in those kinds of things. Those make great stories, great memoirs. Uh, military uh, nonfiction is always really good sellers. Um, you know, even even those that you know weren't jam packed with a- action, just life in the military um, is fascinating. People want to read this stuff. So if you served in the military um, and you've never considered writing your memoirs, you might want to think about it because people are interested in what you did, whether you fought whether you were in a support role, whether you served in peace, whether you served in war, people are still interested in hearing about what you did. Um, did you play sports? People might be interested in that. Did you deal with some type of significant trauma in your life? Um, whether getting healed from, uh, you know, getting spiritually healed, emotionally healed from some type of abuse or trauma. Um, I've got a friend who's a, a double organ donor, tra- he's a transplant uh, survivor, and um, you know, that's a big deal. And so he's talked about writing his story because it provides encouragement for other people. Uh, I've got friends who have battled and survived cancer. Well, that's, again, something that people are interested in hearing about. So so what makes your story unique? You know, if you were a, a teacher, maybe you retired after teaching public school for 20 or 30 years, my goodness, you're going to be a treasure trove of stories the kinds of things that people might want to read. Um, if you've traveled significantly with your, with your job or um, with maybe even in missionary or humanitarian work, um, you know, what a fascinating bunch of stories that would be. That's actually one that I'm looking at doing maybe down the road is, is, is a collection of stories about my time uh, living in a couple of different countries, traveling as a missionary, um, in between, well, while I was a police officer and then even after retiring, um, you know, going on some different trips and, 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 you know, taking the message of Christ into different parts of the world. But you can imagine having um, spent many, many days and, and even in some cases years in different countries, there are quite a few stories there that I think people might be interested in. So um, what, uh, what similar books have you read? Because it's going to help you. It's going to give you some <clears throat> some insight and some understanding into uh, you know the genre and how to write it and uh, really how to put it all together. The next thing to ask is, um, what kind of research do you need to do? Um, for your memoirs, you probably don't need to do a lot of research, but you may need to refresh your memory. When I went back and was writing my street cop books, at that time, some of those stories were 20-plus years old. Um, some of them were even close to 30 years old by the time I finished the second volume. So the, the, the memory had begun to fade a little bit. So what I did was I went back and pulled up police reports. I read some newspaper articles, um, documents that I'd kept over the years, and even talked to a few friends where we had done some things together that, that were noteworthy and made it into the book. And I said, hey, do you remember that, that thing that we did, that case that we had, that arrest that we made, that big fight we got in, that car chase, whatever it happened to be? And I would kind of see what they remembered and see how it kind of stacked up with my memory. And so it was great reconnecting with friends, but also refreshing my memory. Um, looking at photo albums, 
looking at photo albums are a great way to stimulate your memory. So, so this is a, a type of research for doing memoirs and and uh, you know putting a collection of stories together, or your autobiography, um, you know, documents, newspaper clippings, whatever it might be. But go back and refresh your memory. Um, also, you know, another question to ask is how do you how do you put this together? How do you put this together? And I think really the simplest way for writing your memoirs is to write a basic outline on what you want to talk about. What stories do you want to cover? And put those down, and each story can become a chapter in the book. Each point of the outline, each story can become a chapter in the book, and it makes it easy to organize. And you can always go back and rearrange it later, but at least get a list of stories down on paper if that's what you're doing. And if you're wanting to tell more of an autobiographical approach, if you're wanting to go that way and really give more of your background, still, I would say go ahead and do some type of outline. Um, you know, where did you grow up? What was your early life like? Um, if you're writing about things that you endured, what do you remember as a child? Um, you know, you want to keep the story moving. Everybody's not interested in every little minute detail. Um, so what, what's the important things? What are the things that people are really going to want to hear about? Those are the things to include in your outline because those are the things that are going to be included in the book. And then you got to start writing. You just have to sit down and start writing. Um, I found when I uh, had written, started reading, writing Street Cop, everything began to flow once I started writing. At that time, I'd already written two books. I'd written uh, Peter and Paul and Acts and Miracles and Mark, so two nonfiction, biblical studies types books. So now I'm writing a different type of, of literature. Um, I'm writing my memoirs, and so I'm telling stories. And But I found as I started writing the stories, everything just began to come. And I would write a story, I would save it. I would write another story, and I would save it. And eventually, I had this collection of stories. And as it grew, um, I realized that, that I had a book. As, as I said, I was writing this primarily for my family. And I thought about having it published, but I wasn't 100% sure and um, when I got the stories, when I got the collection of stories together and talked to my publisher, they were very interested in dealing with it. So um, obviously today, if I was doing this again, I would probably publish it independently. Um, but, but at that point, independent publishing was still kind of a new thing. Um, but you have to, at some point, start writing. Um, put your story down on paper. Um, get the stories out there. So you use a word document, that's fine. You know, there's other things to use, but the main thing is get started. And as your stories start coming together, then you can start kind of putting it together and organizing it and put, you know, the different stories in different the the order that you want. And before you realize it, you will have completed your manuscript. Now, if it's 75 pages, if it's 100 pages, if it's 200 pages, it doesn't matter. That's not the issue. The thing is, you're telling your story. And, you know, we can talk about publishing another time. We may do a podcast on that. But really, the main thing is that you tell your story. It's never been easier to publish it. Now, 
Here's another suggestion, and especially if we're going to talk about self-publishing or if you want to help somebody, pay somebody to help you. Um, with memoirs, one of the things I would encourage doing is looking to put some photos in there. There's something about when you're telling a story about your childhood and there's a picture of you on the farm or there's a picture of you sitting on your bike on Christmas morning that resonates with people. Pictures tell stories. Pictures um, elicit emotions in people. So I would definitely say at least consider adding some photos to your memoirs or your biblio or your, your autobiography. Now, I didn't do that in Street Cop. That was uh, on purpose because it would have actually added to the cost of publishing the books. Um, looking back now, if I was publishing it myself, I probably would do that. But think about doing that. And then the question to ask yourself is, who can help you? Who can help you? Um, you know, the, 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 the worst thing in the world to do is to be a one-person show when it comes to writing. You need to have some people helping you. And you can pay or not pay. Um, if you pay for a publishing service, they're going to provide some of this for you. Hopefully they'll provide you with an editor, somebody who's going to help you with revisions. Hopefully they will, if you're paying for it, hopefully they'll do the cover design and the formatting for you. Um, if you're operating with a limited budget, get some friends to help you. Get some family members or friends to read through the manuscript for you and to help point out typos or to find incomplete sentences or to say this doesn't make any sense and to go through it with you and to help you edit it. Because I promise you, if you do it yourself, it will come out looking extremely unprofessional. Um, every writer worth their weight in, in salt has somebody helping them. Um, somebody that can help them edit it, somebody that can help them revise it, somebody that can help them uh, make it look professional. There's nothing worse than reading through a manuscript, from reading through a book that you've paid for, and you start seeing typos and misspelled words and um, you know all kinds of errors. There's nothing worse. It just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And the, the, the average uh, reader says, well, I'm never going to read anything from them again. How disappointing. It doesn't have to be perfect. Look, typos slip through even professional, um, you know, the most professional manuscripts. But you can really cut down on it by getting somebody to help you. Um, so get somebody to help you edit it. Uh, maybe a beta reader to kind of say, yes, this makes sense. No, that doesn't make sense. You need to change this. Maybe change the order, whatever it is. Um, formatting, you can do that yourself. I typically right now I'm doing most of the formatting myself. At some point I'll be paying for that as well. And then cover design. Um, for your book, spend a few dollars and get somebody to design the cover for you. Like I say, if, you're, if you've got a publishing package with one of those companies, hopefully they'll do it for you. Um, I use a guy for my last eight books, um, a guy that I found on Fiverr from India. Uh, he charges $30 for, you know, uh, for a cover design. Uh, my first four books, the publisher did it for me. The ones since then... Um, either I've done them myself, um, which I'm not crazy about them. Um, in some cases, like I said, I'm now I'm using a guy who's, who's doing it for me, and I'm much happier with that. So who is on your team? All right, well, I'm going to stop there. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your questions. Go to davidspell.com. Leave a question or comment. We will talk about it. If you want to talk about writing your memoirs, 
Um, you know, it's a fantastic subject. Look, everybody's got a story to tell. What is your story? And make sure you join me next week on Leading and Learning when we talk about your nonfiction book. And I will see you then. Thank you.